Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos comic book club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I review a comic book new or old from my collection and rate it on the factors of the cover art, interior art, plot, and enjoyability of the book on a scale of 1 to 5. It's episode 291 of the podcast and I'm reviewing Devilina number 1, published by Atlas Seaboard in 1975. Let's check it out. All right, so a little bit of uh, behind-the-scenes information, first of all. You might be forgiven for never have uh, ever heard of this uh, publisher, Atlas Seaboard. They are a publisher that basically existed for one year in 1974-1975. There's a lot of stories behind the scenes of the foundation of that company. Go check out some other YouTube videos. Comic Tropes is a good one. Strange Brain Parts is a good one. You'll learn all about the company that might have been founded as a revenge fantasy. Anyway, they published some color comics and some black and white magazines in 1975 and then ended in 1975. Their black and white magazines were in the vein of the classic Warren Publications magazines, like Creepy and Eerie, Vampirella, and the like. There are very few Atlas Seaboard titles out there, actually, so if you're a completist, you can get the whole series of Seaboard comics if you look hard enough for them. Now, some of them demand a bit more of a premium price because, again, they're rare. This is actual rarity, not just manufactured rarity. So look out for Atlas slash Seaboard comics out there. The magazine in question here is Devilina, which only lasted two issues. And I've got them both, so my life is complete. You dig that amazing Toryusen cover versus this Puhalar cover. They make a great pair, don't they? The red and the blue. Tell me in the comments which you like better, the, the red cover one or the blue cover one. More realistic style on the red cover and more cartoony style on the blue one, right? So tell me which one you like better. Look at this creature down there just eating that snake. Hilarious. So let's review the comic itself, starting off with the cover art. Now, first of all, this is a nice big magazine-sized book, a little bit larger than a regular comic book, so you have more real estate on screen. And we have declared at the top, illustrated stories of female-filled fantasy. Now, that's obviously an homage, or some might say a ripoff, which declared on issue number one, captivating comics about fantastic females. Now, as I said before, famed international artist Pujolar painted this amazing cover that depicts just the classic trope of barbarians and savagery and women. The monochromatic tones are amazing. Everything is reds and purples. What stands out is this vicious panther and the subjugated beauty here. We also have a sister of Satan meets a gruesome fate in the devil's domain, page 5, plus exotic tales of mermaids, mummies, and mystery. All for 75 cents. This is published in 1975. Unfortunately, by the end of 1975, this company would be extinct and there would be only two issues of this magazine published. So for the cover art, I'm going to give this a 5 out of 5. I love it. I love the logo. Devilina. It's so evocative. It's such a blatant ripoff of Vampirella and the like. And then the art itself. Let's get a little close-up of the art over here. Very well-rendered lion and panther. I'm kind of confused a bit on the design of the male warrior over here. That mask is kind of interesting. But he's got so many knives. Knives for days. He's well-protected. And the captivating female there with her outfit. Uh, what little there is of it. So this is a 5 out of 5 on the cover. 
Interior art you've seen as I was previewing the book is in black and white, and it has a variety of artists per story. We've got all of these stories here, and the creators are listed on the side here. We've got Rick Estrada, Pablo Marcos, Ralph Reese, Jack Sparling, Leo Summers. Writers, John Albano, Michael Kalin, Rick Estrada, Gabe Levy, and Martin Pasco. So a lot of international artists plus domestic artists. This was ambitious, published six times a year. Again, there were only two issues. So the interior art is amazing, although it does vary from artist to artist. And as you saw me browsing a moment ago, there might have been some pages that really stood out to you that were pretty amazing. I really like this silhouetted shot right over here, the characters in front of the spooky mansion. This particular artist has a little bit of cartooniness uh, to the characters. But all the artists really take advantage of the black and white medium to render great anatomy, environments, action, beauty, and grotesquerie. You might uh, decide which of the uh, artists is your favorite, because some I think are stronger than others, maybe for their realism or their pacing of the, uh, of the stories, the panel layouts and the like. And overall, it's classic 70s black and white magazines of the time with some sharp line work, great anatomy, some washes here and there, gray wash, ink wash, etc. Again, some more cartoony than others, some more realistic than others. And I think a story like this does need panel borders, for example. It's trying to be very artistic with no panel borders, and you'll probably be able to read the story as intended, but... This is sort of these experiments that they do sometimes that I don't really think work that often, unless you're Will Eisner, where there's no panel borders. So for the totality of it, being a variety of artists, I'm going to give it five out of five, because not all of them are on the same level of expertise. I'll give it a four and a half out of five. Plot. Again, there's a variety of writers with their own goals of creating cool stories. We've got an adapted story of William Shakespeare at the end. And then stories of betrayal and revenge and fantasy. Something happening in the modern times. What is the Midnight Muse? A good old mermaid story. Stories of scary things. Supernatural things. And vicious ladies. To be honest, you really have to focus more on the art on this manner of comic. And the stories are often a little bit melodramatic because it's interesting. Comics at the time were very juvenile. The Comics Code Authority saw to that. But magazines were starting to be more grown up. However, the grown up part was more the art and the concepts rather than the stories, I would say. And some of the mid-tier to low-tier publishers focused on the art more than the stories. And as such, that's what I feel in this in this magazine. That yeah, we've got the twist endings. Yeah, we've got the build-up to some action. I think it me most of the stories meander a bit in the middle, and then we got the twist endings, which were du jour since the time of EC Comics 20 years earlier. So I'll give the plots a 4 out of 5. And lastly, enjoyability. This is a very enjoyable comic. Again, as an artifact of a long-lost company, a long-extinct company, that's amazing, I like that. Looking up the history of the publisher, again, this was the publisher here, the, the creator of this company, was the creator of the original Marvel Comics. And after he sold his shares of Marvel, he wanted to do his own thing again, so he started Atlas Seaboard. 
And you have this variety of international artists, domestic artists, different styles, different stories. And if you look up the history of the company, it's interesting, it's tragic, it's short-lived. We had famous creators in here like Steve Ditko, Howard Chaikin, Neil Adams, because this company p paid their creators way more than the other publishers. They had to. They had to lure away that established talent to a brand new company that might not have, that might not make it. So you got to pay them a lot. And unfortunately, that was one of the reasons that they probably went bankrupt faster than they might have because they had to pay out a lot. The ads at the time are also fascinating. We still have the classic from Wimp to Wonder ads, these hobby kits, Star Trek stuff. And at the time, Kung Fu and Karate was big in the conscious. So we've got a Kung Fu ad. Here's something interesting also. So in the next issue of Devilina, the sister of Satan fights the forces of evil in a most surprising battleground on sale January 14th. Nope. Issue two wouldn't debut until May of the year to continue that story. And then the publisher folded by the end of the year. So there was never a continuation of Devilina. Ah, these classic mail order ads. I wonder if La Salle Extension University still exists. Write to them and tell them VM Campo sent you. So the enjoyability of this book, five out of five. Amazing art, pretty good stories, and just this wonderful historical artifact in the world of comics and magazines. I picked up issue one and two in a dual sale on eBay. I'm happy overall with the quality of the books and the price that I paid. Although both of them have this weird, this pen line over here might have been some way to mark whose comics it was. But overall, the colors really stand out on the covers. We do have some yellowed interiors, but I'm happy for what I paid for these classic forgotten comics. And I'd like to hear from you. What do you think about Atlas Seaboard? What do you think about this particular issue of Devilina? Are you interested in getting your own copy? Be on the lookout for them there. They're getting snatched up whenever they appear on eBay. You don't really see them out in the wild. Which of these stories is the most intriguing to you? Which has your favorite art and the sexiest females? The most burly men? The story that you want to read over and over? Tell me in the comments. And if you enjoyed the video, don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, ring the bell, battle the Minotaur, do all that good stuff. I would really appreciate it. If you really like this episode, consider heading over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can pledge to the channel to keep it going, to keep it funded, to be a part of it all for one dollar. I would really appreciate it. Be one of the few that actually contributes to your favorite creators and their endeavors. If you can't quite afford that one dollar at the moment, no worries. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Help me go viral. I would really appreciate it. And so this has been the latest episode of the weekly VM Campos comic book club. I'm VM Campos and I'll see you in the next episode.